Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. Well, I want to welcome those of you who join us online as well. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are today. And as we dive in here, as we recap the first couple weeks, we talked about what it means to follow Jesus. We asked the question, you know, what am I getting myself into? Before you make any big commitment, Jesus said, you better count the cost. You better figure out what it's going to cost you. And we talked about being willing to kind of lay it down. Our hopes, dreams, desires that, man, I'm pursuing Jesus and his plan for my life now, not my own. So I lay it down. I'll, I'll be willing to leave behind whatever I need to leave behind to really cut my, the ties of things that would keep me from pursuing Jesus to pursue him. And then I'm willing to give it all up, man, my resources, my talents, my time to really go after the plan of God for my life. And then last week we talked about you were made for more than yourself, that you can never fulfill you. You can't acquire, consume, or exercise your way to fulfillment. Fulfillment is only found in pursuing God and the plan that he has, and that plan will lead you to serve and to give your life away as Jesus gave his life away for you. And the, the, the most that you could be fulfilled is when you're giving to others and serving. And today we're going to talk about another question. It was kind of like, what's the point of this, okay? I'm, I'm pursuing God. I'm committing to follow him. I want to serve his kingdom. Well, what else is there to this thing being a Jesus follower? What does it mean to be all in? What really is the purpose? This past week, uh, we pulled out a game that we got at Christmas called Uno Attack, right? It's Uno on steroids, right? You know what I mean? And so it has a little machine and it spits cards out at you and it changes the game up a little bit. So we're playing with the kids. And I don't know about you, you may be a better parent than me, but when, we, when I play games with my kids, I'm in it to win it, right? Like I'm not letting them win anything. You know, that we live in the era of, you know, of, of, of participation trophies that we just give kids re- awards for, for just showing up. And I was like, no, that's not enough at my house, right? You got you to gotta win the game if we're going to play. So I don't let people win. I don't let my kids win. I, I get after it. Whatever I do, I'm in it to win it. So, you know, Riley was getting low on her cards. You know, she only had like two left. She was close to Uno time, and I still had quite a bit, and I, I was holding on to an Uno attack. I had my times two wild card that I could play, pick the color, and then I could pick anyone in the circle to have to hit the button on Uno attack twice, and you never know how many cards it's going to spit at you. And so I was like, boom, Riley, you're about to win times two. I'm calling uh, green, and you got to hit the button twice. And she hit it twice. She gets all the cards. She's like, I'm going to lose now. I'm like, you need to learn how to be a good loser. (laughs) Look, winning's one thing, but it's more important that you learn how to be a good loser. Right? And, and so I'm teaching them the value of winning. But hopefully you're that way in life too. That whatever you're in, you're in it to win it. And Jesus calls his followers like, look, count the cost. You're going to follow me. You've got to lay it all down. You've got to be willing to give it up. Let me use you to make a difference in the world. Let me use your talents and the giftings that I've placed in you for my kingdom. And then let's be in it to win it. Jesus lays out the end zone, the goal, what we're trying to do. And he said, here it is. Get as many people in with you before the time runs out. In this game of life, in this game of the world, the clock is constantly ticking. And my will is that no one should perish. And so I've come that that people may have life and life to the full. And now that you have life, let's see how many people you can get in with you. To get in it, to win it. And to win is to get others in the boat with us. Look at your neighbor and say, get in. Get in. What was Jesus' purpose? What was he calling us to? In Matthew 
Uh, in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, again, the Pharisees, the religious people, were always mad at Jesus because he was hanging out with sinners. How many of you are thankful Jesus hung out with sinners like you and me, that he hung out with people like us who didn't think they had it all together but knew they needed something more? And he's with Matthew, the tax collector. He's eating with sinners, and they're grumbling and complaining and coming at and attacking Jesus. And this is what he says in Mark 2. He says, when Jesus heard him grumbling, complaining, he says, look, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. The other guy, Zacchaeus, was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. You guys remember Zacchaeus? You grew up in church. You read the story about the short guy who couldn't get to Jesus, so he climbed up in a tree. And he, again, was a tax collector and had been ripping people off and stealing from him. And Jesus stops in the middle of the paparazzi crowd following him at this time. And he calls Zacchaeus down. He goes and hangs out with him in his house, has dinner with him. And then his whole family gets saved and commits their life to Christ. And they're grumbling about Jesus hanging out with him. And he says, look, in Luke 19.10, the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost. Jesus laid out his mission for us. It's very clear why he came, what his purpose was. And he says, if you're all in for me, you've got you to be in it to win it. And how we win in this thing called the kingdom of God is that we bring as many people along the journey as possible. Because my will is that no one should perish. Jesus' mission was and still is lost people. It's why we planted this church. That's why I've given my life to it. That's why I moved here. That's what I'm all about. That's what Adventure Church is all about is helping people discover new life in Christ. And we journey together, we receive people, accept people just as they are, because that's what Jesus' mission was. And he says, you're to take on my mission. You're to do what I've told you to do, to keep his, motion, his, his mission front and center in our lives. But it's difficult for us to do. If you think back to the moment that you received Christ, where you decided to follow him, most of us become Christians for purely selfish motives, right? Think about it. You needed something from God. You needed salvation. You needed saved. You wanted the promise of eternity. We come to him because of what he offers us. And that is a legitimate reason to do that. But then our our prayers at first are, you know, give me, bless me, help me, help my family, help my kids. But but we have to move from this this me-centered approach to Jesus then to taking on his mission. If the, the passion that we have for following God should always lead us to compassion for other people because that's what Jesus's mission was. If we look back to the scripture we've used the last couple of weeks in this series of following Jesus, what it means to be all in, he says that he, he calls us to follow him for a specific reason. Let's look what he said in Matthew 18, 22. Again, one day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they fished For a living, Jesus calls out to them, come follow me. That's the invitation. And, oh, there's a second part. And I will show you how to fish for people. Another translation says, I will make you into a fisherman of people. I'll make you into that. And it says at once they left their nets, they followed him. He went up and saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in the boat with their father, repairing their nets. They called out to them too. And immediately they followed them leaving the boat and the father behind. I think it's interesting that the first four disciples that Jesus called to get on his team were fishermen. Could it be that Jesus saw something in fishermen that he thought he could use? That would be the type of people he wanted on his team following him. 
says, I'll make you into fish. So it doesn't just happen overnight, but we come to this place where I'm following Jesus. I'm pursuing him. I'm allowing him to work in my life. I'm allowing his word to change me. I'm, I'm changing the way I view the world. I'm, I'm receiving his plan and purpose, and that thing makes me, and he begins to make me into this final step in my pursuit of Jesus. Always is evangelism. It's always sharing what God has done for you. The purpose of your salvation isn't just for you. It's for those in your world that God wants to use. You see, followers of Jesus are fishers of people. To follow Jesus means to fish. That's what it means. That's what he's calling us to. And I don't know about you, I like to fish. But I don't like to take fish off the hook. I said this first, I said I'm kind of a girl when it comes to fishing, but some of you girls maybe are fine with it, and so I don't want to insult you and, 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 and bring you to my level. But I don't like messing with fish. I like fishing, but I like fishing with people where I catch the fish and I just realize, hey, we take it off the, the hook for me, right? Hey, you mind throwing that worm back on there? The guts got all over me the last time. I don't want to deal with the messy part of fishing. I like fishing, but I don't like to deal with the messy part of fishing. I want someone to do that for me. But because fishing kind of is, it's, it's kind of messy, right? And if I don't have like a, a, a big, you know, like construction worker glove on, I'm not touching a fish. I'm a, I'm a wimp, you know what I mean? Like I ain't trying to stick my hand in that. Where, I don't know what that fish ate. You know, I'm not touching that fish. I just don't like it. And some of us, we take that approach to, to what Jesus has called us to do. Could there be that there was something in fishermen who said, I need that type of person who's willing to get their hands dirty, who's willing to, to, to accept people, to, to catch the fish before they clean them up, and, and that they're willing to, to go all hands on deck and, and to pay the price so that they could reach people, so that we can do what God has called us to do. But historically, the church has had a problem. It's why church plants like ours are thriving and growing. And, and historically, church plants grow much faster than an established church because somewhere over time, the church began to drift off of mission. Jesus' mission has always been lost people. And we began to drift off of mission. And, and the church has become more of a cruise ship than a fishing boat. And I like cruises. I shared that last week. I'm all about the cruises. But the church was never meant to be a cruise ship. It was meant to be a fishing boat. Cruise ships are great. Main purpose, entertain everyone on board. There's very few people that, the, the few work while everybody else enjoys what they put together. And the church has historically, has kind of drifted away. Where the happiest moment in church is when we're being fed. The happiest moment in church is when we're getting what we need from God. And there's a place for that. And, and, and again, we work hard to, to create an atmosphere here at Adventure Church where you can connect with God. But let us, let us never forget that the mission of the church of Jesus Christ is lost people. It's to save those who are lost and that we will be a fishing boat. But in order for a fishing boat to be successful, it takes everyone who's been saved to get to work. Who's been pulled in the boat to say, I'm going to pull others in the boat with me. I'm all about the mission of Jesus, the, the fishing boat, everyone works. The happiest moment on a fishing boat, you ever watch Deadliest Catch before? Those guys are crazy, right? I mean, they literally risk their lives to, to pull in these crab and, and to catch what they need. And you know that everyone's working. And in tough conditions, no matter what happens, they're, they're working. And the happiest moment on a fishing boat is when they pull in their catch because that's the mission. That's why at Adventure Church, every week, the time that we cheer the loudest and clap together is when people go, I want to follow Jesus. 
And we go, praise God, all of heaven is rejoicing because that's the happiest moment in heaven too, is when lost people are found. Why? Because that was what Jesus came for. It was his mission. And so we have to stay focused on the mission. But the problem is, and why historically churches have moved away from mission, is because it's messy. It's dirty. I don't know about you, but, but I got some stuff in my life that's kind of messy. And people who are lost, who need Jesus, usually have some issues. And so the church goes, ooh, people, issues, I'd rather not. Let's just keep it about us. We all got it together. We've got it figured out. And we become the religious people. The problem is, is in, before you can clean a fish, you got to catch the fish. And so we're a place where we're catching fish. But guess what? It means that it's going to be messy. Sometimes people are going to walk in here that don't look like you and don't talk like you and, and got some baggage and some addictions and some issues. And we go, it's okay. You can come. There's, there, there's a message of hope for you. And And when you receive it and and Jesus begins to do his work, then he begins to get you where he wants you to be. But how can we expect people to to behave like a Christ follower without Christ in them? Without following Jesus first. And so we are a fishing boat at Adventure Church. Our mission is to help people discover this life that God's created them to live. And it takes everyone who's all in for Jesus to, to get involved in his kingdom. To be about what he was about. To be about lost people. To follow Jesus means you become a fisherman. Or woman. Okay, politically correct. Good deal. So how do you fish though? What does that mean really? It's like, like we're going to hand out poles today and we're all going to stand out on 23 and just try to, you know, like what does that really mean? To fish for people. I want to make it as simple as possible for you. And to, and to help you just like the... The disciples did, those who follow Jesus in Acts. And I would encourage you to read the book of Acts. These are the Acts of the Apostles. These are what the men and women who follow Jesus did after Jesus left. And he went to heaven. But you fish for people, it's very simple. To fish, all you got to do is share your story. Be willing to share your story. Talk about what Jesus has done. In Acts 4.19, Peter again and John we, we talked about this just a minute ago as we closed out worship with the cornerstone. They were, Jesus at this point had been resurrected from the dead. He hung out with the disciples. They gathered in the upper room. They were empowered with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Peter, who was denying Christ, is now preaching with more boldness than ever before. The church has been birthed. It's growing. There's now thousands, a few thousand people that are that, that in this Jesus movement. And Jesus and or Peter and John are walking around, and this lame man who had never walked before is begging for money. Jesus, or Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, says, look, I don't have any money to give you, but what I do have, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. He was that bold. The man stands up, begins to run around. He begins to, like, God just healed me. My legs have never worked. Now they work. All these people are going, oh my gosh, I've seen that guy for 20 years sitting there. Look at this man. Who, who, what name are they doing this? Where'd they get this power? So they begin to tell people about Jesus and the religious people who were trying to kill Jesus, who did kill Jesus, who were trying to stifle his movement. They call him in. They arrest him. They're standing trial before them and saying, you can't keep doing this. We've told you, you got to stop. And this is how Peter and John replied. Acts 4, 19. It says, do you think... God wants us to obey you rather than him. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Seen and heard. 
We can't help speaking about what we believe. Nope. We can't help speaking about our theological position on this issue that we're facing in society. Nope. He says, I can't stop talking about what Jesus did. I saw him. You see, I denied him. He died, and then he came back to life. I went back to my day job. After Jesus died, Peter went back to fishing. Jesus approaches him. He's working in his boat, and he says, hey, Peter, come back in. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Spread the gospel. Quit fishing for fish. Start fishing for people. Go start my church. Go start this movement. And Peter did that. Not because of what he believed, but because of what he had seen and what he had heard with his very own eyes. That was the difference maker for the disciples. They were scared and running in fear when Jesus was being crucified. And then after he rose from the dead because of what they had seen and heard, they literally gave their lives for this movement so that you and I could be here today. He said, we can't stop talking. Do you think I'm afraid of you or am I afraid of the one who rose from the dead? I'm following him. And his marching orders to me, Peter, was to build his church was to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, they were simply sharing their story, talking about what they've experienced, and God wants you to do the same thing. Share your story. It's really that simple. What has he done for you? How has he helped your life? What has God saved you from? What has he done in your family? What has he done in your marriage? What has he done for you? Share your story. You go, God, here's my successes, my failures. Here's all I got. God, if you can use me, if you can use this story to change someone's life, to impact someone else, I'm all in. I'm all in. And God, I'll be on the lookout for those who need to hear your good news. And you may be sitting there going, well, God can't use me, Kyle. You don't don't know my story. You know, I, I got a few chapters that nobody needs to know about, that, that I don't think God can use, and, and I don't think he wants me to talk about it, and I don't think he can use someone like me because of where I've been and what I've gone through and what I've done. I don't know that God can use me. Listen, if we look at the disciples and who Jesus picked, we wouldn't even employ them on our church staff. We wouldn't. I look at it and I go, man, Jesus didn't even run background checks. You gotta, are you going to work with our kids? We're running a full background check on you. Yeah, you got eight speeding tickets, bro. You can't drive a church van, man. Sorry, you're out, right? Like, like we look into people before we hire them. We, we vet people, and, and rightfully so. But, but Jesus, he called people, and he said, look, I'm, I'm, you know, you're called to my mission. I'll do the work in you. I'll get you where you need to be. You just surrender to me. You just follow me. He called these fishermen. He called guys like Peter who were just, who had, had dirty mouths and, and didn't know how to address people right and talk right and do all the things and was constantly getting themselves in trouble. And Jesus used people who had crazy stories, who had past, and they changed the world. Listen, there's someone out there that will listen to you that will never listen to me. They'll never come here. They'll never sit here. They'll never watch a video online. They'll never listen to me. But you know what? They'll listen to you because you've been their friend for a long time, because you've worked by them for 10 years, and you're not perfect. They know you're not perfect, but you have a story. God's done something in you. It doesn't mean you've already figured all out and that you've, you've overcome all of your issues, but it means you're saying, I know, I know the one who can help you. I know someone who can change you. 
And you go, well, why bother people? You know, I think we live in this world where we go, well, we should just let them, you know, what's good for them is good for them. Who am I to tell them what they should believe? You know, let's just let them be them. I'll do me. They do them. You know, everybody will just leave well enough alone, and everybody just goes on their happy way. Well, you can't be all in for Jesus and take that approach. It doesn't work that way. People need to hear the good news. We are here to tell people about the good news. How selfish would we have to be not to share good news? We live in a social media age now where people share all kinds of news, right? But the news that we're most excited about is the good news. I got engaged. Here's a picture. Look at the ring. Check it out, right? I'm engaged, right? We do these things now called gender reveal parties, right? Where we celebrate. We get big balloons and we pop them and it's blue confetti. We're having a boy. It's good news. Why do we do that? Because we're excited about good news, right? Are you guys following me today? We get excited about good news. We want to share it. We want to post it on our social media. We want to tell people at work, look, I'm having a grandbaby. This is amazing. I'm gonna, my son's getting married. I found the girl of my dreams. We share good news. And that's all fine. And I love good news. And I'm all about it. But what better news do you have than the son of God was willing to become a man, was willing to take upon my sin and my shame and die on a cross for my sin so that I could have eternal life and it's free. It costs you nothing. That he can set you free from your addiction. That he can heal and restore your marriage. That he can invade your family and change your children. He can do all of that. It's good news. That's what gospel means. It means good news of Jesus Christ, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And we have good news to share, but for some reason, we don't share it. And we keep it to ourselves. And Jesus says, we're missing the whole point. If you're going to be in, you got to be in to win it. And we count wins by how many people come And to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is, it's the good news. We've been called to share it. We do that by showing people love. Again, the church has drifted, and a lot of people don't want what we offer because it's it's covered in judgment. It's covered in condemnation. And we've strived from the very beginning to fish with the right bait here at Adventure Church, the bait that Jesus used, and it was called love, acceptance, welcome as you are, come as you are type of approach to people. We've always strived to be known for what we're for and not what we're against. John 13, 35, Jesus said, your love for each other will prove to the world that you follow me, that you're all in for me. Your love, not your hate, not your, your stance on a political issue, whatever it is. I, I, I was thinking this the other day, I said, man, if, if most people would get as passionate about Jesus as they are their political party, I think we could see some legitimate change in our country. Because he's the answer, and you should be passionate about that. Fight for what you believe, do that. But if you are really all in for Jesus, and you believe that he is the Son of God, the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to get to the Father is through him, that that's good news that people are longing to hear, that we should be willing to share. And it's as simple as sharing your story. You see, we have to fish because Easter isn't just some, you know, thing that, ha- it, it, it happened, it's real. It was an event that changed the course of history. This, this man called Jesus changed everything. There was a before him and there's an after him. It changed history and it changes individuals' lives. And we have to fish because this message 
of good news, this message of salvation is not intuitive. It doesn't just come to you. You have to be told about the good news. You have to be taught about the good news. In Romans 10, 14 through 15, the Apostle Paul says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Good news. And today I'm telling you, you've seen, you've heard, you've experienced, and now you're being sent. Jesus sends us out with this message. This is your mission, he says. Go into all the world. What he told his disciples before he left, he said, you go into all the world, proclaiming the good news, teaching them about who I am. That's the mission now. You found me, now you find people. You're in the boat, you better get other people in the boat with you because my will is that none should perish, that all would have an opportunity to know Jesus. You see, the message is is important. We can never stray from the message, but the messenger is just as critical to the mission. It's the message and the messenger that are critical to the mission of God being successful. For us to win, and you've been perfectly positioned by God to impact someone's life with your story, with your experience, from what you've seen and heard. You see, we don't fish because we have superior theology. We don't fish because we have all the answers and we've figured it out. We fish because we have good news. That God can save you. That God can forgive you. That God can heal you. That God can set you free. That he can bring you life and life to the full. That there's the promise of eternal salvation through him that's found nowhere else. And it's all free. It's been given through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And if you're willing to receive the good news, you can be saved too. We fish for others because someone fished for us. Found people, find people, rescued people, rescue people. I was thinking this week, back to my salvation experience. That I was sitting in the, what used to be the parsonage of a church. And they turned it into offices in the basement. That's where the, the youth group met, was in the basement. And I'm sitting there and Pastor Jerry Keitlinger was the youth pastor. And he begins to share the good news with me, with a room of students. And I walked up to the front of that basement in a makeshift altar and bowed my knee and gave my life to Jesus. You know what I think of when I think of Jerry? I smile. I go, thank God that he was willing to preach the good news in that dingy basement with a bunch of junior high kids who were talking the whole time he was preaching. And if we had cell phones then, we would have been playing on our cell phones. But he stayed faithful to the call of God on his life and he preached the good news, not knowing what it would do. And now today, because of Jerry, I'm here, you're here. That he he had no idea the impact that, that that one conversation, that that one prayer would have with some junior high kid and the difference it's made now for the kingdom of God. I think about Jerry, I smile. I think about Jerry, I get excited. I'm grateful, I'm thankful, and I go, thank God for people who were faithful to the call of God. And yet we're afraid to tell people. 
Do you think someone's going to be mad at you for sharing the good news with them? Think about who saved you. Think about who led you to Jesus. Think about those who have influenced you to pursue God and to find him and to pursue his purpose. We have to fish. We have to do what Jesus has called us to do. Time is short. It's of the essence. And we got to be about his business. The band's coming. We're going to close out this morning. Find people. They find people. We share the good news with others. It's the mission of God. It's the mission of this church. And it's what we're going to have to do if we're going to see the mission of God succeed in this world the way Jesus wants it to. Don't forget who you were before you found Jesus. We haven't come too far to where we can, I can remember even as a 14-year-old, the, the sin I was dealing with, the issues that I had. And again, I'm not perfect now, but man, the work that God has done in me and my family and all he's done, I, I get excited when I think about those who have helped me. And I think we should get excited about the opportunity to help others find the same thing. Would you stand with me today? We're going to close out and sing the song together. And I want you to do two things while we do that. The first is this, is I want you to think about who was influential in your pursuit of Jesus. Who shared that news with you? Maybe it was an invitation that someone gave you to to hear, to Adventure Church. And man, God's been doing a work in your life since you've been here. Some guy after first service, he's been here for about six or seven weeks. And a lady in our church who's been coming about the last three years had invited him as her neighbor. They had conversations out in the yard. She invited him. And he came. He said, you know, the hardest part for me was acceptance, was just to accept Jesus. I don't know why it was so hard for me. He's, he's in his 60s. He said, I don't, I don't know why it was so hard for me. He goes, but you can tell everyone, once you accept him, it gets a lot easier. He goes, Jesus, is, he's changing me. He goes, I can't wait to get here every week. Every week I walk away with something. He goes, the change is, is not always as fast as I want, but Jesus is changing me. You know who he's thankful for? He's thankful for his neighbor who invited him to Jesus. He's in his 60s and he's going, he's changing me. I was missing something my whole life and now I found it because someone was willing just to share their story. Hey, you should go check this place out. You should hear about this Jesus guy. He's changed me. I think he can change you once you know I'm praying for you. It's amazing what God will do when we can surrender our lives, surrender our story to say, God, use me. If you can use anything, God, just use me. Here, here, here. I want you to. I'll I'll tell people. I'll be on the lookout for people. I promise you, no one is ever going to get upset at you for sharing good news. They're looking for it, and we have it. So as we sing this song, I want you to think about who did it for you and who you can do it for. Who are you going to do it for? Who are you going to bring in the boat with you? God, we love you. We thank you for what you did for us. We thank you for your mission. We thank you for the calling that you've given us. And God, today we're thankful for those who have obeyed your call, that fished for us, that found us so that we could find you. So today, God, we pray that you would just impress upon our hearts people who need you, who need a touch from you, God, who need to experience the good news 
that you offered through your son. It's what Easter's all about as we approach this Passion Week and as we think upon what you did for us and why you did it, God, may it compel us more than ever to reach those who are far from you with the love of God. In Jesus' name.